Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Madeline Carroll, George Murphy, and Gene Raymond. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Presenting tonight's long engagement. And here is your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Everyone, the Gulf Oil Companies and your neighborhood good Gulf dealer welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Tonight, our offering is an unusual love story called Long Engagement. It was originally written as a short story for Red Book Magazine by Catherine Forbes. We thought it so splendid a story of a girl who loved, not wisely but too well, that we had Charles Taswell adapted into radio form. Taz turned out a script that we think will be one of the most talked of radio plays of the year. We also think that you will long remember the performance of Madeline Carroll as the voice of a love letter. Starred with Madeline in long engagement are Gene Raymond and George Murphy. Our story will begin in just a few seconds. Meanwhile, Bud Easton wants to tell you something about a job, a mighty big job. All right, Bud? Right now, the biggest job in America is that of keeping Uncle Sam in fighting trim. And the oil industry is being called upon to help do that job to help supply a tremendous two-ocean navy, a huge mechanized army, and a vastly enlarged air force, as well as provide lubricants and fuels for the greatly expanded industrial activity. As a result, increasingly heavy demands will be made upon the oil industry. These vital war needs are first things and must come first. Gulf recognizes this fact. At the same time, Gulf recognizes its obligation to every American family that uses an automobile in its daily life. This double obligation is no new problem to the Gulf companies. For long before defense became a paramount issue, Gulf scientists, engineers, and experts in all fields were hard at work. And now, thanks to these far-sighted efforts, Gulf can say to you, subject to the limitations set by the urgent needs of our country, you will always get at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc those products of uniformly high quality which have made Gulf a leader in the petroleum field. Thank you, Bud. And now... Long Engagement, starring Madeline Carroll as Ellen Benson, Gene Raymond as David Arkley, and George Murphy as Barry O'Neill. The special musical score is by Oscar Bradley. If they asked me, I could write a book about the way you walk and whisper and This is the story of a letter. The postman has just left it for Dr. David Arkley. It's a quite plain, white, ordinary letter. As Dr. Arkley holds it in his hand, the return address on the back says, quite matter-of-factly, 
Return to Ellen Benson, the Logan Apartment for Women, 716 Baxter Street, San Francisco. Dr. Arkley breaks the seal on Ellen's envelope, removes the letter, and then, through his eyes, Ellen's words, which have been sleeping on the folded pages, come to life. Dear David, I feel that you're waiting for an answer to your message left with a girl at the reception desk while I was out. At first I was hurt, angry. It seemed such a heartless way of telling me something that that should have been gay and joyous. Then I reminded myself how busy you are. After all, compared to the many exciting events in a doctor's life, a date to get married to me isn't tremendously important. As I sit here writing to you, a crazy little charm keeps running through my head. And it bothers me because I can't remember the second line. I wrote a letter to my love, the dum the dum the dum dum Isn't that a silly thing for a bride to be puzzling over? I should be thinking of how happy I'm going to be. How proud, how... But you wanted to know if next Wednesday would be satisfactory for our wedding. Well... When a girl's been engaged for 13 years, it isn't likely she'd quarrel about the day of the week, David. After a 13-long-year engagement, she'd be reminding herself that her shining dream was about to come true. Blessed by a justice of the peace. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm afraid I blotted the page. You see, I'm, I'm crying a little remembering. Remembering the wedding I planned so long ago. The three bridesmaids and a maid of honor at that little white mission church on Dolores Street. The wedding dress I was going to wear would look pretty silly now. Straight up and down, no waistline and terribly short. I was wearing a dress of that style the night we first met down at Tony's. Remember? It was my 18th birthday and my first visit to a speakeasy. Oh, I remember I thought Charlie Enbrook, my escort, a remarkable man of the world when he knocked on Tony's door with a sliding peephole in the panel. Yeah, what you want? Look, I'm a friend of Joe's, and I've got a card. Okay, buddy. Come on in. I can't give you anything but love, baby. <laughs> it was there in Tony's that I saw you for the first time, David. You were sitting at a table with Willa Bunnell. I didn't feel grown up at all when Charlie introduced me. You just nodded, but Willa looked at me as only a woman who knows she is perfect can look at one who isn't. I could read the words in her eyes as clearly as though she had spoken. What a dowdy little creature, and what an atrocious girl. What man would even look at her when I'm around? My escort and I sat down at your table, but you and Willa hardly noticed us, David. Just quarreled between yourselves. Suddenly, Willa threw her sable coat around us, stood up and said, I've had enough of this. Are you coming with me, David, or are you going to sit here and drink up everything in the place? Did you hear me? I said I'm leaving. Tony, get me a taxi. Goodbye, Mr. Arkley. I felt so sorry for you, David. You looked so lost and alone. Because he was your fraternity brother, Charlie and I took you home to the fraternity house. And I sat out in the car while Charlie sneaked you in. Shh. Don't make a sound. Gotta be quiet as much. Gotta be quiet as 
What's her name? Ellen Benson. Ellen Benson. Gotta remember that. Ellen Benson. Ellen Benson. Ellen Come Benson. on, David. I'll sleep you in the window. Good night, Ellen Benson. Good night, David. I'll uh, I'll call you up, huh? Oh, it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We met often after that, David, on the campus or in town. But I never saw you take another drink. And I often wondered why you were taking so many that first night. Years later, I found out it was because Willa Bunnell had broken her engagement to you, Tony, and told you she was going to marry the Heatherly Million. I still don't know why you turned to me. Perhaps it was because I was so different from Willa. You remember the night of your graduation? You ran away from the rest of the crowd and drove up through the hills to a little roadside inn. There was no one there but us. And you fed nickels to the automatic player. They didn't call them jukeboxes then, so we could go. Uh, pardon me, but, uh, will you look on your program and see if this is still our dance? Let me see. Are you the brilliant Dr. Arthur? Ah, you've been reading my diploma. <laughs> You can't be a very good doctor. You smell of shaving lotion instead of ether. No, I keep my patients unconscious with my charm. <laughs> doctor, I'd like to consult you about my heart. Oh? Every time you kiss me, it stops. And I have to shake myself to start it over again. Hmm, I'd say you ought to get married. Oh? I'm getting married myself next year when my internship is over. Really? Oh. No, no one you know. Her name's Ellen something or other. Poor girl. Why doesn't she eat an apple a day and forget you? <laughs> Darling, you don't really mind waiting, do you? Of course not. After all, we have to think of your career. And a year isn't so long. We're both young. Yes, but I shan't be a blushing bride, you know. I'll be 21 then, and at that age, a girl's blushing days are over. Oh, darling, I wonder if you know how much I love you. I don't know. I'm a frightfully stupid person, darling. Practice is just telling me over and over I again. Love I love you. I love you. I love you. I wrote a letter to my love. Why can't I think of the rest of that funny verse? Somehow it seems so important. But it can't have anything to do with that long year that followed. You were busy at the hospital and we didn't see much of each other. I filled in the time by taking a business course because I thought I could be a great help to you after you were married, typing your bills and keeping your books. I said it hard, David. Shorthand, bookkeeping, typing. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party. Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party. Now is the time, now is the time. Read all about it. Now is the time to invest. Stocks are on the rise. Extra 
That was when the depression came along, Davy. There were apple salesmen on Lily every corner, and six million people out of work. I was one of the lucky ones because I'd found a job at a radio station where I typed all the scripts. Remember the night we had dinner at a little Italian restaurant, and we broke the bad news over our red wine served in teacups. You don't know how disappointed I am, Ellen. But look here, are you crying? Of course not, David. You see, this is no time to get married. It wouldn't be fair to you. But I could keep on working. Now, do you think I'd let you do that? What kind of a man do you take me for? My wife will never work. But it wouldn't be for long. No. I... I've got too much pride to let my wife support me. All right, David. How long do you think this will last? Oh, not more than a year. Everyone's saying prosperity is just around the corner. A year? That's not so long, is it? In the meantime, instead of sitting around hoping for patience, I'm going to keep on studying. Become a specialist. There'll be a lot of competition when all this is over, and it's the specialist who'll come out on top. You're going to take postgraduate work? Well, that's what I'd planned, but... Uh, I got a letter from my uncle this morning. He's offering me a year in Munich. You're going to Munich? Oh, not if you don't want me to. Oh, of course, but... Uh, it's a great opportunity. But, Dave... All right. Let's forget I even mentioned it. Why? I wouldn't make you unhappy for the world, darling. The only reason I even considered going was because of you. I only wanted to get started in the right way, so I'd be recognized sooner. And, you know, a year in Munich would be worth five here. Yes, I suppose it would. But you mean a great deal more to me than my career does. So I'll write Uncle tonight and tell him I'm sorry, but I... Can't accept his offer. No. No, you mustn't do that. The old boy will be pretty upset. Probably cut me off without a nickel. We'll get along all right, won't we? You must tell him you'll go, David. It's a wonderful opportunity, and I'll be very selfish to keep you here. No, I shan't go, Alice. If you don't, I shall never forgive myself for holding you back. You will go, won't you? Well, I... After all, as you once said, a year isn't long. Why, it's really no time at all, darling. But we love each other. We can wait. We're young. Yes, we're still young. And you will wait for me, won't you? Yes, David. Oh, yes, I'll wait. I guess I'll always wait. First half of tonight's Gulf Theater production, Long Engagement. We'll continue our story in just a moment. And while we're waiting, we'd like to pass on some really helpful information. Friends, with the way things are now, a good many of you car owners have decided to take extra good care of your cars. For instance, you probably decided to get a lubrication job regularly. Well, that's a mighty good idea. Don't be satisfied with an ordinary grease job either when you can get the modern scientific method of car lubrication... Gulflex registered lubrication at no extra cost. Here's why Gulflexing pays such big dividends in helping your car last longer. First, the expert Gulflex operator works from a master chart of your model car, thus protects each wearing point in the chassis and body. Second, the Gulflex man uses not just one or two greases, 
but six special lubricants especially developed by lubrication authorities. And third, here's proof of how good these lubricants are. In recent tests by Gulf engineers, Gulf Flex chassis lubricant, for instance, stayed in the shackles 30% better and lubricated nearly 100% longer than the average of competitive products tested. So get Gulf Flex registered lubrication, a much better than usual grease job at no extra cost. Remember, too, that your good Gulf dealer is also ready with splendid motor oils and gasolines, such as Gulf No-Knox gasoline, the extra-value gasoline that has been especially designed to stop harmful pounding and hammering inside your engine. Make it a habit to stop regularly at your neighborhood good Gulf dealers, your headquarters for making your car last longer. If they asked me, I could write a about the way you walk and whisper and move. And now the curtain's ready to rise on the second act of Long Engagement, starring Madeline Carroll as Ellen, Gene Raymond as David, and George Murphy as Barry. Those were the words you used, David. That night you postponed our wedding for the first time. Written down here in my letter, your words don't sound half so brave or so gallant as they sounded then. That was because I hadn't learned that even the shortest year has 12 months, 52 weeks, 365 days, 524,160 minutes. That particular year saw the birth of what they call the recession. I never wrote to you I had three salary cuts that year. Your letters from Munich were so happy, so amusing. I didn't want to spoil anything for you. Oh, yes. There was something else happened that year. Barry came to the radio station as production manager, and we joined a coast-to-coast network. It was a very amusing program that picked up quite a following. What's the matter with you? Why you want to treat Madam Queen like you did? Emma, I was regusted. Do you mind if I write a little about Barry? He had must-up hair, a one-sided grin, and he had to stoop going through doors. You wouldn't have approved of him, David, because he didn't have any poise. Barry was fire and lightning and thunder, but never poised. I never told you, David, but Barry fell in love with me. It was near the end of the year, and I was at my desk typing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, his voice said, You know, your hair is like the sun on ripe wheat. I saw it once out in Minnesota, and believe me, it's very beautiful. Say, you want to know something else? You and I have been working too hard. Let's go out and play a while. Oh, I, I'd like to, Barry, but I can't, really. I suppose the reason is that engagement ring on your finger. That's the biggest one. Well, what's the matter with the guy? Doesn't he know how lucky he is? Why doesn't he ever come around? He's been in Munich for a year, studying for his career. Oh, I see. Well, I'd consider being married to you a great career. What's he going to be? A doctor. He's coming home next Tuesday. Oh, could I have the morning off to meet the boat? Sure, why not? Take the whole day off. And say, tell him I said he's a lucky guy. Tell him I said he's got a great gal. And tell him I said, (laughs) I hope he falls off the boat. 
a letter to my love. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. Why does that keep running through my mind? And why can't I remember the rest of it? I'm quite sure I wasn't thinking of it when I met your boat, David. I was too busy hoping you might say, let's get married right away. Because for some reason I was suddenly afraid. But you didn't say. Yet I was terribly proud of you. You looked so, so foreign and distinguished. And told such amusing stories about Lady So-and-So's appendix, accounts insomnia, and, and the temperamental tonsils of a famous actress. Oh, I see. What an amusing experience, Doctor. <laughs> but after a while, I found it hard to join in with the laughter, David. At parties, I used to hide away by myself. I read dull books in your friend's library, powdered and repowdered my nose at their dressing tables, amused myself with the dusty keyboards of their grand pianos. That's how I was passing the evening at the witness when you came looking for me. I've been looking all over for you. Have you, David? Is anything wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. Darling, I have some grand news. I've been dying to tell you all evening, but there wasn't a chance. Yes, David? This is going to bowl you right over. It's so wonderful, I can hardly believe it myself. Listen. Dr. Grinnerton is going to take me into his office. Dave, I'm so glad for you. For me? You mean for us, darling. This is the break I've been waiting for ever since I came back. And I wanted to be sure of it before I said anything to you about getting married. Oh, David. Why didn't you tell me? Look here. Don't tell me you've been thinking that I was forgetting about us. What else could I think? Why, Helen, there's no love in the world like ours. You'll never know how much I wanted you while I was gone. Of the times I came very near giving up everything and coming back for you. Oh, darling. Oh, darling, don't ever doubt me. Don't ever, ever doubt me. I love you. I love you. David, oh, David. We set the first of June as our wedding day, David. Yes, I bought a traveling suit and a funny little hat with a perky red feather to wear away on our honeymoon. You wanted it kept a secret, so... I hadn't said a word about us until one day down at the radio station. Look here, Ellen. Yes, Barry? You can't be serious about this, Barry. I am very serious. Well, why doesn't he stop talking and begin working so he can get married? How long does he expect you to wait? That's my business. If I'm willing to wait, I, I don't... know, I know. But let me tell you something. Long engagements are the bunk. It's none of your business, Barry. But we're getting married in June. Oh. June, huh? Do you, uh... Do you love him very much? Completely, utterly, absolutely. Okay, okay, but don't think you can convince me or yourself by shouting. Oh. Uh, by the way, I'm leaving for New York next week. They're giving me a job on a network. Congratulations. Thanks. Send me a wedding announcement and I'll send you a present. An x-ray picture of a broken heart. I'll uh, pose for it myself. I'm glad Barry was gone. When you told me your mother was feeling badly and, and you had to take her to Honolulu, David. I'm afraid I'd have felt very foolish having to face him. Then, when you came back, your job with Dr. Grenerton had evaporated. And so had our wedding day in June Roses. Well, you and I kept going out together. Sunday dinners at your mother's, this, that, while a month flew by. And one morning I looked in the mirror and I was thirty. 
There were shadows on my face that had never been there before, David. And some lines that no vanishing cream would ever erase. Yes, and there was a red mark on my nose from the glasses I'd begun to wear for reading and typing. Typing the years away on 42 black and white keys, plus space bar, margin release, tabulator, shift key, backspace, and a bell to mark the end of the line. Well, you! All a bottle. Take this. Just plain bill. Penny Cantor. The question. Silver Theater. We the people. Do you take this woman? Do you take this typewriter? Do you promise to cherish by authority of the Federal Radio Commission? Thirteen years, David. Thirteen years ending in 42 black and white keys on my typewriter. Forty-two black and white keys. Plus space bar, margin release, tabulator, shift key, back space and fail. Oh, just passing through town. I thought I'd stop off and say hello. Are you glad to see me? I'd always be glad to see you. Say, I thought this station had a rule against married women working. I'm... Well, I'm not married yet. Oh, still the patient Griselda. Don't joke about it, Barry. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think it's funny. Loving somebody and not being able to have them is hell, isn't it? See, I, uh... I know how it is. How do you know, Barry? Well... Ellen, I... Oh, never mind. Just remember this. Habit and pity can be blinding things and devastating. Well, I have to rush now to catch my plane. Goodbye, Ellen. Goodbye, Barry. You know, by now, you should have had tall sons. And that brings us up to today, David. To this noontime when I got your note setting the day for our wedding. It was written by the girl at the desk, and it said, Dr. David Arkley called. Two o'clock on Wednesday will be satisfactory. He said you would understand. That's what your note said, David. And this is my letter in answer to it. Here on these pages are all the threads of our romance. Broken, mended, drab, and gay. I suppose I should try to weave them into place again. But I'm not going to do it, David. I'm not because your note wasn't the only message waiting for me when I came back. Yours was short and to the point. But the other was a telegram, gloriously, extravagantly long. It was from Barry, and it said, Chance here in New York to work with me. Stop. Wonderful opportunity. Stop. Griselda was an awful fool, because the years are many, but the days are few. Stop. Eastbound planes leave daily. Stop. I love you and will never stop. I wrote a letter to my love. I know the rest of that phrase now, David. It goes like this. I wrote a letter to my love, and on the way I lost it. Only I'm not losing this letter, David. I'm sending it to you. Sending it to tell you that somewhere along our 13-year way, we lost our love. Barry is right. The years are many, but the days are few. I'm taking that plane. I'm going to Barry. And if you ever come to New York, you can look us up. You'll find us in the city directory. Mr. and Mrs. Barry O'Neill.
Thank you, Madeline Carroll, George Murphy, and Jean Raymond. And thanks to Martha Mears, who sang our theme tonight. You were all splendid. And it was splendid of you to donate your performances tonight so that Gulf could give the money you would ordinarily have received to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Say, Roger. Yeah, Murph. Uh, I feel a little nostalgic tonight. Yeah, how come? Well, if you'll remember way back, I was master of ceremonies on this Gulf Screen Guild Show program when it started four years ago. That's right. So uh, I wondered if you'd kind of let me announce next week's show, huh? Just for old time's sake. You go right ahead, Murph. The microphone's yours. Thanks, Rod. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, the Gulf Screen Guild Theater will bring you the most thrilling screen melodrama in years, Warner Brothers' High Sierra. And in it will be two favorites of yours whom you won't want to miss, Humphrey Bogart and Claire Trevor. Yes, sir, there's a great show all waiting for you as a New Year's present. Humphrey Bogart and Claire Trevor in High Sierra. And there'll be a special musical score by Oscar Bradley. So don't forget to be back at your radio next Sunday at this time. I know I'll be at mine. Until then, this is your old master of ceremonies, George Murphy. And here's your new one, Roger Pryor. And speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer, here's both of us saying good, good night and a happy, happy new, new year, year everyone. brings you a message about defense saving bonds. Because our country is now at war, it needs the help of every man, woman, and child in these United States. Each one of us can help our country by buying defense bonds or stamps. Buy them at your bank or post office and keep on buying them regularly from now on. Buddy, speaking, this is the Columbia Broadcasting System.